Welcome to January 2021. This is Jazz Talk Seattle. My name is Josh. And my name is Max. And today we have in the studio with us, well, virtual studio with us is Alex Dugdale. Welcome, Alex. Thanks. Great to be here. Thank you for being here. Alex is a composer, saxophonist, trumpet player. He plays every instrument, every instrument in the band room. <laughs> He's a tap dancer, educator. Uh, Earshot Jazz had him as a 2017 Emerging Artist of the Year. You went to Roosevelt High with Max. Is that right? Yes, I did. And um, that, that Earshot was uh, 2016. 2016 my bad yeah i must have fat fingered it as i typed it it's hard but, to find yeah. these things <laughs> so yeah so you and max have had a lot of history um and you've been in seattle for a long time and uh we were uh oh yeah right and you also performed with the seattle repertory jazz orchestra and are pretty ubiquitous on the seattle jazz scene and that's I'm really excited to have you here finally. And the Seattle Symphony. Uh, and Seattle Symphony and, uh, and, and a host of others. others. Yeah, lots <laughs> of many things. <laughs> the list goes on forever. Uh, but one of the things I wanted to ask you, Alex, is how did you get started with music? Was it with, did you start with tap dancing first or with an instrument first or how did you get started? Yeah, well, um, you know, I, I uh, when I was four years old, I saw Savion Glover uh, do a little tap dance on Sesame street. And I knew in that instant that that's what I wanted to do. And I told my mom, I want to do that. And so, but we couldn't find a studio that took four year olds. So I had to wait a year and a half. Um, Oh man. Yeah, I know. That's God, a long time for was, a four year old. It was, it was, it felt like forever. Um, I barely remember it. And, um, um, I, uh, my tap teacher, Cheryl Johnson at the time, um, she, she loves to tell this story. I, I walked up to her cause the class was half tap, half creative movement. And so I walked up to her and I said, hi, my name is Alex Dugdale and I would like to tap dance and only tap dance, please. <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> I, that, I mean, that's it. Like, you know, the, the, the ballet modern hip, like it's, it, they're all fantastic, but I knew that I wanted to be a tap dancer. Um, but that first year I had to suffer with half tap, half creative movement. And then the next year I just did tap and I was, and so I did tap, uh, I started with tap dancing, took lessons, um, with Cheryl Johnson and Anthony Peters and they had a studio right by Green Lake elementary. Um, Thanks. and then when I was 11, um, about to go into sixth grade, um, I was flown to New York city to participate as one of the, uh, young talent, um, in the Young Talent Showcase uh, for the New York City Tap Festival in 2001. And wow, um, awesome. yeah, and uh, I we just finished a rehearsal um, at the Duke on 42nd Street. And my mom, my mom went with me because I mean, like I was 11, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. got, got to have a chaperone. Um, and uh, I was and my mom and I were in the subway at the 42nd Street. And there was this guy who um, large black dude with with dreads playing the steel drum. Right. And, um, and he was playing take the a train and, and I, I knew that song and I said, mom, I know this song. Can I dance with him? And she said, well, you have to ask him. 
So I asked him if I could dance with him. He said, yeah. And, um, you know, there, there's a dance uh, called the Shim Sham that, oh, yeah. that, you know, many, like if, if you've ever been to a swing dance or if you're a tap dance, swing dance, you know, like, okay, guys, it's time for the Shim Sham, you know. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. the Take the A Train was the song that I associated with the Shim Sham. So I did the shim sham with this guy on the subway, complete stranger, and 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 everything else fell away. Time and space stopped, and it was just me and him in that in in that subway platform, um, you know. And and we were talking. I don't remember, you know, much beyond. I felt more connected to this man doing that uh, doing that dance and music exchange than I had with any conversation with anybody up until that point. Um, wow. That's beautiful, and uh, and so that's when I decided, wow, I need to uh, do jazz. I need to uh, get serious about jazz and the instrument. I had been playing clarinet for two years, but uh, that year I picked up the tenor saxophone uh, and started in the uh, after school junior jazz band at Eckstein. Nice. There we go, wow. and uh, that's quite a story. And the rest is history. Well, wow. let's dig into some of that history. So <laughs> I know you primarily as a saxophonist and tap dancer, but you were also extremely proficient at a lot of different instruments. Back when uh, quarantine and COVID was not a thing uh, at the Angry Beaver sessions that Max runs, I've seen you uh, in the session with a clarinet, a flute, a tenor saxophone, alto, soprano saxophone, trumpet, a baritone. Oh, yeah. I- I how I in the trombone world? Too. <laughs> I did. I must have I seen you play the trombone as well. I, I think no, no. That's that's the that's Jerome. Oh yeah, wow. I know Jerome does, but <laughs> surely you play the trombone too in your band room. I think you brought a, a trombone teacher. to the Beaver one time. Oh, Maybe twice actually. <laughs> oh man, what was I thinking? Um, <laughs> um, I'm sorry. What was the question? <laughs> Why and how do you stay so proficient at so many instruments, Alex? Oh, well, um, why and how are basically the, the same. It's uh, being single. We'll do that to you. You, know, you get a lot of time on your hands, you know, to, to practice. And, yeah, you know, and ho- hopefully if you get good enough at one of these instruments, you'll, you'll, you'll land somebody. So, you know, just wow. casting a wide net. No, 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 no. Um, that's good advice. I'm glad that's out in the world now. Isn't it? Yeah, see? Um, no, they, um, so I started on clarinet and then I added a uh, tenor saxophone, um, and then continued to play clarinet and then bass clarinet in eighth grade and then alto saxophone, uh, in ninth grade and then, uh, through high school. And then in college, um, I had, uh, I had the opportunity, I found out that I could just like go up to the instrument library and just like rent instruments. Or, they li- or had like an or, instrument library, yeah, because we had a lot of music ed majors, and they had to do their oh, methods wow. class, right? Um, so, like, I just went and was just like, "Hey, Jack, can I borrow a trumpet?" <laughs> uh, and nice. the guy was like, "Oh yeah, sure." You know, fill out this form. You know, we'll see you in like two months or whatever. Um, and then um, I started practicing trumpet, and then I had joined um, <laughs> the University of Rochester pep band, um, and that's kind of when I discovered discovered i had pretty decent range um but then i got a job but then i knew um once i got back to seattle you know teaching band i was like okay i should actually probably learn how to play some of these proficiently um so mm. you know years spent um you know studying the the fingering charts working on embouchures 
um, you know, the, the, the woodwinds are all fairly related, you know, um, the, For sure. you know, the, the flute fingerings are very similar to saxophone fingerings. The embouchure of the clarinet is very similar to that of a saxophone on, on a very, very basic level, you know? Um, so, so, you know, those kind of were all fairly easy for me to, learn it was the uh the the brass instruments that took a lot of time and so you know when i'm out when i was out teaching um you know i would have with me my flute my clarinet my trumpet my trombone and sometimes a saxophone um and so i would play these instruments for about 30 minutes every day Mm. for years and years and years um and um yeah so that's kind of you know how i practiced and then you know um i would learn i learned trumpet and trombone by listening to trumpet and trombone players and trying to figure out like what they were playing um you know like chromatic scale you know all 12 scales you know learning the fingerings but in terms of like how to play the instrument um you know listening to trumpet players and trombone players and be like oh that's the sound that's what i think of when i think of trumpet that's what i think of when i think of trombone all that stuff i seem to remember a few uh days in high school at roosevelt where you would be especially into practicing high notes on the trumpet. Yeah, yeah, we covered that. <laughs> yeah, I think there was I think there was plenty of time for like high uh, notes. <laughs> an affliction that many a trumpet player has. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I think there's a recording somewhere oh, out in the uh, oh, God. vast expanse of the internet of there, Alex playing high notes. There, there, there actually is. So when I, um, it, it's uh, yeah, you can search greatest lead trumpet player of all time, and it's me backstage in Disneyland in 2010. <laughs> It's really stupid. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that's something that I got to Google later. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, what it just blows my mind that um, for so many music, for so many of us musicians practicing even just one instrument, there's already so many different things to be working on. And uh, I guess I'm just curious at how you balance between because not I, I would be less surprised if you were proficient enough to teach band uh to like beginning students for example for for all of these instruments but but you're not just at that level you can gig on trumpet and all the saxophones and clarinet and flute and and i've seen you play gigs on trumpet and and other instruments as well oh yeah i do remember i did do a trombone um gig at the um at the sea monster there we go yeah (laughs) Um, so yeah, so, so how I'm able to do that and how I'm able to balance, um, um, all of it. So this is kind of a, a, um, two part answer. Um, part one is, is almost a disclaimer, um, because we all know the phrase, uh, Jack of all trades, master of none. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, uh, um, I mean, when you're, when when, when you're thinking about multi-instrumentalists, um, you know, pe- people like James Morrison, right? Sure. Um, you know, and in, in Seattle we have Jay Thomas. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I I loved Jay's playing, but I, you know, I wasn't really aware, you know, of his, you know, like the the fact that he was a saxophone player and a trumpet player was not why I decided to, you know, pick up these instruments, um, you know, but. Um, the the easiest thing or the easiest way I can explain it is that it's all about musicality. You know, uh, I'm 
you know, I'm, I'm good, but I'm not the best, but I, you know, I, it's, I'm making music on these instruments. I'm still able to express myself and sure. that more, the, the ability to, to, to express um, yourself on your instrument or whatever medium it is, um, I think is, is more important than how fast, how high, how complicated, you know, or whatever you can play. It's, it's all, Absolutely. you know, it doesn't matter how many yeah. different colors you use, how much shading you put, you know, and whatever, you know, what kind of clay you use to make, you know, your thing. It's, it's, were you able to, to express yourself, you know? And, and so, yeah, I, I focused so much on being able to express myself, you know, rather than, you know, and as I, you know, dig in more on, you know, technical aspects of the I instrument, I find, you know, as, as with always, I'm able to express myself a little bit better, a little bit more clearly. Right. For sure. And, um, you know, so I'm, I, 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 uh, with teaching, it's great because I play trombone 30 minutes every day. I play trumpet 30 minutes every day, you know, with these beginning students. Um, but, you know, and then um, in my own time, I'm practicing saxophone, but I'm also, you know, practicing trumpet because I've gotten to a level where like, okay, I can do like, you know, 70% of what I want to do, but I, you know, I know where I need to get to and I, and I'm able to practice that, develop l little routines, you know, that, that I do that can take 15 minutes or I can spend a good 45, you know, if I have the time or the, you know, um, inspiration to practice you know these these various instruments but i i'm always practicing clarinet and saxophone um you know and um you know every day you know like trying to continue to improve on my skills um you know and then um as my musicality grows you know on on one instrument i can translate that to another that's great how many uh how many different places are you teaching now or I mean, yeah, I yeah, guess no, no, that's yeah. Given COVID, yeah. So well, um, I am I am uh, an employee of Seattle Public Schools, um, and in the uh, and I'm in the elementary instrumental music department, um, and so I um, I travel to eight different Seattle area elementary schools. Um, wow. yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, I know some teachers who are, who are at nine, you know, they're, they're just, they're oh, just so many schools and not enough, you know, time and money and teachers to, um, you know, to, to, to go around, um, you know, but, uh, yeah, so I'm at eight schools and then, um, for a while. And then currently I am, um, teaching private lessons through the Seattle drum school run, run by Stephen Christie Smith. Cool. Very nice. So, Switching directions just a tiny bit. You've accomplished something that uh, very few humans have, and that is you have your own Wikipedia page. Oh, oh no! <laughs> what? We you didn't know this? I have a I have a Wikipedia page. Oh you boy! Have a Wikipedia page that the talks of about discovery. Uh, where you went to school, what instruments you played, and uh, this. Wait, wait, Are you pulling it up right now? Yeah, I'm a yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh okay why don't we go over it and see what's accurate oh and what's not oh my gosh wait okay here, okay wait wait wikipedia.org it's it's coming up what is what is going okay and then i search do i just search my name just yeah. search your name yep i'm so happy we're recording this <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
I can't believe he didn't know you had a Wikipedia page. Where are these? Where? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I did not write this because it starts by saying Dugdale. All right. Dugdale was born in Columbia. Yep. But as an infant, was adopted by an American family in Washington. Okay, good. As a child, okay. So that first paragraph is all true. Um, let's see. This is exactly like what I just said over the last thirteen exactly minutes. Is this, li- is this listening to me? Uh, well, let's take a look at the third paragraph, though. It says you're a graduate of Edmonds Woodway yeah, High School. No, that's not true. <laughs> um, I and has a master's degree from Seattle Pacific University. That is true. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it says he also attended Roosevelt High School, where he played <laughs> trombone and saxophone. Sky- what? <laughs> where did this come? From? <laughs> I think uh, I think some of this might have been loosely pulled off of your uh, somewhat archaic website hmm. and yeah, we maybe to. poorly translated onto Wikipedia. I wonder, yeah. there are a couple of references at the bottom from some articles from Jazzport Townsend, uh, Got a Dance, and it uh, looks like an earshot jazz. Yeah, there are only, yeah, there are only three references, and my website is not part of it, Max. But it is archaic. Well, we were going to ask you how much you knew about this, uh, but it sounds like you didn't know it existed. What? Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, I didn't. So, so everything. I did not go to Edmonds Woodway High School. I went to Roosevelt High School, where I performed saxophone with Scott Brown. So, you know, if whoever if whoever wrote this is out there, and I hope you're listening, you can edit this. Um, I don't currently. Well, Alex, you can edit it too I, if you want. Oh, wait, really? Anybody can edit Wikipedia. Uh, really. I think so. You sign up for an account and you should be able to uh, submit a change. It says you're not logged in. Oh, I have to create. Yeah, you have to. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, that was I'm going really to I'm going to put that on my to-do list then. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the big reasons we're having you on this episode today is to talk about a very special project. And so, I know you've recorded a bunch of things before, but this new project, this album is your first record as a band leader. Is that right? Yes, it is. And so the question is, why now? What's uh, What made you decide to record now as opposed to before or later? Um, well, the so I had... Uh, I had done some, you know, live recordings, um, but always like listening back to them, you know, there were good moments, but there weren't enough good moments to, you know, like things just weren't quite ready. Mm. You know, um, like there, there, you know, I was still doing a lot of standards, um, you know, granted our fantastic arrangement of standards, but, you know, standards, you know, and I had written like a few songs. Um, and also my my personnel uh, shifted quite a bit over my first four years back here in Seattle. Um, Max, mm-hmm. uh, Max was always my drummer. Um, except for when I first came back, I had to suffer a year or so without Max, and that was <laughs> before Max Aww. came back. It, yeah, I mean, I would always grab him as much as I could during the summer. No, but um, the the f- the the first installment, um, actually, no, it wasn't that bad because I had Remy Moret for for a little while. Um, but um, no, I've only had three drummers. I've I've had um, Nate Sampson, Remy Moret, and then Max. Um, you know, I've had people sub here and there, but Max has always been there. Um, 
So, but uh, despite all these personnel shifts for the last three or four years, um, I've had John Hansen, Max, um, Greg Feingold, and Cole Schuster. Um, and, um, and so the, um, the, it clicked. I've had, I had the same personnel. I wrote some more tunes. Um, you know, people, um, uh, like we, and then it clicked. And then, you know, about three years down the road, I finally felt that it was, it was time. Now, that being said, people have been asking me about this album (laughs) for like 15 years. No, like 10 years. (laughs) 10 years. Alex, when's your album coming out? When are you going to, you know, 2013, when's your album coming out? When's your album? When are you going to have it? Are you ready? Are you going to do it? You should just go in there and record. It's like, I, but do what? It takes time and money. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't have the time. I definitely don't have the money yet, <laughs> you know, but, um, in, uh, in 2020, um, um, we, uh, I, I had decided it's like, yeah, we uh, I sat down with Max and, you know, we looked at what we had and, um, uh, in terms of time and, and, you know, uh, music to, you know, record. Um, and so we set a date and then we went to the studio and we did it, you know, in a day and a half, we, we laid down what, 14 songs, 13 yeah, songs something like that. Yeah. In, 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 in a day, in a day and a half. I don't think we did any more than like two takes or three of a, of a particular song. And no way. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I, th- I think each song we did, we did two, maybe three takes. Um, but you have to remember that that's coming out of like a period of time where we were playing a lot. Yeah, we were play. also, yeah, we also had, had, you know, I mean, um, we, we were gigging enough in, a, in, a, in enough different places that it felt like we had regular gigs with each other, um, you know, sure. even though nothing was like really billed as a, as a, as a monthly thing. Um, Max had the beaver and maybe a couple of others, but, um, you know, we, we, we were busy, you know, <laughs> we, I, th- I think we had like at least one gig a month. Uh, yeah, you definitely. know, and so, so yeah, we were playing constantly. Um, and, uh, yeah, felt, felt that the, the, the time was right. We had, we had everything that we needed. I felt that, you know, I had a solid band and, uh, and solid arrangements. You know, we knew what we were doing. We figured out the sound that we wanted for each song, you know, and been playing them the same way. And it was like, you know, what? this is it. Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's get her done. Nice. And this was, uh, your studio date kind of slid in right before quarantine and COVID all happened, right? It really did. That sounds that's so extremely fortunate that uh, you managed to get that studio date done before before everything else shut down. Yeah, we were. I feel uh, really really fortunate about the uh, the timing on that. You know, mm-hmm, for sure. Well, you mentioned a little bit uh, the other people in your band, uh, the Fade Quintet, which we haven't mentioned, or Fade Jazz, and we had haven't mentioned the name of the band yet. But I'm curious, uh, how did you? Um, get to play with these folks. I know you've known Max since um, high school or maybe before, uh, but what about the other members of your band? Well, um, so I, um, um, I owe Max so much, um, but, um, but a big <laughs> thank you uh, to Max for convincing Cole Schuster and Greg Feingold to come out here. Um, Cause my understanding is that they all met uh, at Berkeley. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, well, actually, um, Cole and I met at essentially Ellington one year. Oh, at essentially Ellington. Right. Right. Cause he was at one of yeah his high school. Oh, there. But we didn't really like, 
I mean, we didn't talk to each other or anything after that. Right. Uh, but yeah, so basically we all met at Berkeley. Yeah. And, um, and so, and Max was able to convince them, Max was able to convince them to move out here. Um, and, um, yeah, so, and then, um, I met John Hansen. Well, I had I had met him, I had seen him play many times, but I had never actually like met the guy. And, um, for a little while I ran the, um, jam, the Monday night jam sessions at Capitol Cider. I, and I actually booked the right. music there for, for a little bit, um, but um, I, uh, there was like an offshoot on like a different night at a different bar that some of the same house band folks were trying to do. Um, so I was leading it one night and uh, John Hansen came, came in to sub on piano, um, you know, and um, he just knocked me out. It was incredible. And I was like, I don't have a piano player. I'd like to have a piano player. This guy mm. seems chill. And so I went up to him and said, hey, John, um, really dug your playing. Um, I was wondering if you want to be in my band. <laughs> yeah. <You know>? Nice. <laughs> like, I mean, that, 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 that's pretty much how it went down. He was like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, I dug, like, uh, we, I think we played maybe one or two of my originals, you know, in that, in that uh, house band session. He was like, yeah, I dug your tunes. You know, who else is in your band? I was like, oh, yeah, Max Holmberg, Greg, and Cole. He's like, oh, yeah, those guys. The, yeah. Oh, yeah, the 200 Trio guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're cool. Oh, that'd be a fun band. And, and he's been with me ever since. And, um, nice. Yeah. Uh, he's such a wonderful person. And, and and one of the finest piano players, um, you know, and I'm and I'm very uh, honored and humbled to call all of these musicians friends and bandmates. That's wonderful. Well, think, oh, go ahead. Uh, well, you've mentioned a little bit the 200 trio folks, and I have a question for Max actually. So, sure. Alex, your rhythm section, uh, specifically, well, minus the piano, but specifically Cole Schuster on guitar, Greg Feingold on bass, and Max Holmberg on drums, play together pretty rare, regularly as the 200 Trio. And also they've accompanied um, other people in their bands as well. Uh, so, like Jacqueline Tabor, the singer who was on our podcast here a couple months ago, uh, the 200 Trio was uh, the backing band for one of her records. And my question for Max is, what's it like transporting this same trio between different band leaders and different musical contexts? Because you're not playing the same material and the, it it feels different when you're playing in different contexts. And what's that like? And also, who's your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, I mean, our goal initially was to just be a trio. Like when we first started doing things. Um, and then there were a lot of, uh, strange iterations of bands that we were a part of, I guess, or all still a part of in some cases. Um, and it, weird memes came out of them. Like there was one that was like the Berkeley boys with a Z on boys. And we were all like had strange hair and looked like we were from <laughs> outer space and stuff. Um, and it kind of turned, it got to the point where we almost had like an identity crisis as a trio. Cause we were playing so many things as like a sideman trio, uh, that we kind of like didn't really have time to do trio stuff. Um, but it was also a really great way for, I get, well, all of us, but more specifically Cole and Greg to meet people. Um, mm. And because they were new to Seattle as opposed to, yeah, here. exactly. Yeah. And it all worked out great. I mean, 
Uh, I think we're all pretty happy with where things have sort of settled at this point. Um, and what was the other question? Oh, who's your favorite band leader? Oh, oh well, definitely. I mean, I, I shouldn't answer that one on the air, but we love Alex. So I'll just say that. This is. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's switching from, from band to band is really fun, actually, because it's, it's different everywhere. I mean, just like it would be otherwise, really. Uh, but there's still kind of like a communal language that the three of us have, regardless of where we're playing, which is pretty Definitely. cool. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, coming back to Fade, um, Alex, is there uh, a story behind where this band's name came from? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a story, um, <clears throat> and I will tell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, when I first came back to Seattle, I was doing a lot of different education work and um, I was coaching um, the uh, Eckstein Middle School Senior Jazz Combo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, and uh, one of the students hit me up and I'm like, hey, Alex, we're going to be because um, I don't think I was going by Mr. Dugdale formally at that point. Um but they said, you know, Alex, we're going to be busking at Folk Life. You know, it'd be great if you uh, came down and wanted to play with us. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, and, um, you know, they're playing like Red Clay and other standards bop stuff. And then they had this, um, I think it was Michael Buble's arrangement of St. Louis Blues. Um, mm-hmm. The one that had that don't, don't, ding, da, 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 da. That one. Oh yeah, the funk one. Yeah, yeah the, the funk tr- one. Tr- so, tr- like, yeah, yeah. So they, so like they had that arrangement, you know. And I, and I, you know, I played with them a little bit. Um, you know, I was like, hey guys, you know, if you want to make, you know, like real big money, just play more funk stuff, you know. And you can put all of your, you know, crazy jazz solos in it because it'll have a funk groove, and people will just dance, and you know, you'll feed off of that energy, and then they will give you lots and lots and lots of money. <laughs> and so the rest of that weekend, um, they spent playing like funk music and kept having me back. And then they were like, Oh, you should tap dance. So I started tapping. And then, and then like we play, and then we like, we met that like they made a lot of money and they like, they gave me a little bit. And then, and then next time I was like, Oh, can we do this again? And also like, let's turn into like a second line thing, like kind of a brass bandy vibe. <laughs> And, and that was and like the the main folks was uh, Lee's Romaley, Luke Woodle, Taka Olds, and Noah Halpern and Adrian Eldridge on the trombone. So we had we had uh, four horns, bass, and drums. It was so much fun. And then over the next like two or three summers, so like we're getting into summer number four, um, right around the time that they were seniors in high school. It we had it was still bass and drums, but then we also had uh, Dan Roberts on bass trombone, and then like four or five other people playing horns. We had arrangements. We even had like a couple of rehearsals. <laughs> and, like <laughs> it was nuts, but but um, you know from that band, right? They like they needed a name for, it, and they're like, oh well, what about Alex Dugdale? Or something. I was like, no, this is your guys' thing. And they're like, yeah, but you know, you talk to the crowd and and you tap dance, and that gets us you know more attention than anything else. So no, you're you need to be in front. It's like okay, um, but they decided to call it um, the Alex Dugdale Experience. Um, so that's where the A D E and then the the F. <laughs> the the f um well it was it was between it was between um junk and and fuzz 
um, because we were trying to figure out how to combine jazz and funk. So, 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 we, so we had to to choose between fuzz and junk, and we decided fuzz was better. Huh. Um, I th- at least I think it was fuzz. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, fade the or F A D E the out the fade the out fuzz the Alex Dugdale experience the combination of funk and jazz or something. Um, I am so glad I asked. Yeah, I tried to keep that one as short as I could, give you all the relevant backstory. But um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, fuzzy accidental. So I'm just like, okay, well, and then they all went to college, and it's like, okay, well, it's just me, so I guess I'll keep the name. <laughs> just call it uh, the fade whatever. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. Fade trio. Fade you need a T-shirt there. that says, "All my bandmates went to college, and all I got was this band name." Oh my like god! Yeah, I got faded. <laughs> 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 oh man oh yeah no but that was fun. like it was huge like we did we we even did like a couple of gigs like at some bar like we did a mardi gras gig at that old club lucid and then i think we did a oh, yeah. event somewhere and like it was it was just off the chain <laughs> it was ridiculous sounds fun yeah well we've certainly done a lot of talking about your music why don't we give a listen to some of your music too sure that was a an incredible segue did you write that out beforehand uh, no, I've used that in a lot of other podcasts. Uh, yeah, you, <laughs> you've been doing this for a while. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a tune off the record called dugout that I wanted to dig into. So Ooh. let's, let's just dig into it before, before dig you into the dugout, so. dig in dugout. Yeah. Hmm. Here we go. Thank you. 
All right. I love this tune. So uh, Max and Alex had sent me the files to this record because it's not out yet. And I was listening to it. And even though I didn't recognize the title, as soon as it started, I immediately recognized the melody, which I think is really exciting because I've heard, uh, Alex, you play this tune at the Beaver Sessions, probably at the Beaver, maybe at Capital Cider. I'm not sure uh, where else I might have heard it. And I must have heard it maybe just a handful of times. But even though it is now January 2021 and the last time I would have been able to hear this was well over a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, I recognized it immediately. And I said, I think that says something for how good the tune is that it's <laughs> it, like stuck around for this long. It, when did you write this and what is what's it all about? Well, thank you, Josh. I mean, that, that really means a lot. Um, so I wrote this tune. Oh, like 2017, 2016, maybe. Um, and, um, so the, the, the inspiration behind it was, um, all of my horns had gotten stolen out of my car. And so I had to go get an, uh, so I had to go get new horns and I was, yeah, I think that was 2016, 2017, maybe. Um, and, um, and so I, um, I was at my friend Doug Bambrick's house. Um, uh, he, uh, he has a, he, he buys and sells saxophones. I'm kind of a collector now. Um, and so sometimes I'll just hit him up and go over and play these beautiful vintage horns. Um, you know, so, some of them are better than others, but, <laughs> um, Anyway, so um, I got him listed um, with my insurance company, and they cut him a check, and he just said, "Alex, pick whatever you want." And so I'm nice. tr- I'm trying out these horns, you know, playing, you know, r- running scales, playing melodies, seeing, you know, where my fingers kind of go naturally, um, you know, experiencing all the different sounds of the different saxophones. Like, you know, what what notes do I want to sound good? You know, like what notes sound good? What notes should sound good? You know, what you know what should these notes sound like? to my ear and um and i just kind of came up with the because because like that was in like a nice fun little uh area of the horn um and i'm just like oh that's a that's a nice little thing and then i wrote a blues you know um with that kind of with that melody in it um and uh and then that became the dugout um wow because I was hanging out with my friend Doug Bamberg trying horns, and I came up with that. So, melody. the Doug refers to your friend Doug and not Doug Dale. Well, it's I mean you, you you'll see how it's spelled. You know, I mean it's spelled D U G. Huh. Yeah. True. Because I don't write songs about people, <laughs> especially women. Mm. Okay. No, I, I write I write songs about people play I, I have songs about food, I have songs about girls, I have songs about trying out saxons. The 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 dugout um is is really like um well, one of my favorite saxophonists is, is is Cannonball Adderley. And I actually mm-hmm. wrote a separate tribute tune to him called Soul Balls. But um the 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 dugout um, is, is just a fun, groovy tune with a simple melody. Um, I actually took it to my friend Grant Neubauer and said, Hey Grant, help me, you know, judge this up a little bit, you know, with the, with the end, you know, and he gave me some chords to try. Um, and, um, he has been compensated and, 
But um, how was that word spelled? Zhuzh. Zhuzh. Oh, um, I I think it's G. Uh, <laughs> wait, zh, uh, I think it's like an H J. What about Z H? No, because it because that'd be zuzzed. It's like a it's like a soft G. And well, I'll get back to you. anyway. So yeah, um, that's how that came about. Nice. <laughs> it's just a fun tune. It's super versatile, and uh, yeah, um, it's fun too. Yeah, um, actually, John Clayton. Um, oh yeah. Um, when I was uh, working at Centrum, um, I, I think I was like listening to, yeah, I was listening to a record, like a, one of our live recordings of it. Um, I was like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. And, um, and, and John Clayton heard it and he sketched it out and said, oh yeah, try this for a background, you know? Um, so he actually gave, he gave me the uh, background piano line. Um, and nice. uh, yeah. And, um, but um, that's uh, it's, it, I, yeah, he said it was a very strong, tune so well, it is that's a great stamp of approval and i love the tune and i like i said i remembered it even not having heard it for quite a while we, we took it a little slow on the record but we we we, we were tired <laughs> it's pretty yeah, breakneck it man. Multiple tempos doesn't it <laughs> yeah well we, we've done it like right yeah we, we've done it there um but no it's just like one two one two three one two three <laughs> <laughs> like, like it start like I, I I found it actually a, a recording of it from years ago and and like listen it's like pretty like a it's it's it just sounds like an up tempo jazz waltz a one two three one two three <laughs> I seem to recall at least a time or two where you counted it off so fast that I don't think I actually could play any faster <laughs> yeah that's that like that that was the speed limit <laughs> like, yeah yeah be a good song title too the, the speed limit Ooh, oh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Except ooh. it would have to be really, really slow. Or it could be all speeds. Well, yeah, it could, go, it could go several places, really. Oh my gosh, Max, do you remember <laughs> when we would do Seven Steps to Heaven? Oh, yeah, with the <laughs> funk thing. And yeah, we, we had a funk <laughs> thing. Crazy fast swing. <laughs> so, so, Josh, I, I don't know if you ever heard this, but but um, uh, so Seven Steps to Heaven, you know, we would do like halftime mm-hmm. funk in the beginning. Bipped, goat, bipped, kept, bound, bound, kept, kept, I don't think I've heard that arrangement. It's like fast enough to burn the rubber off your shoes. Oh, it was so much fun. Like every time we get to the bridge, it's like, wait, why are we doing this? Whose idea was this? <laughs> nice. Well, another question I had for you was uh where did you record um all of this? You mentioned that you recorded in like a day and a half, uh but what studio were you at? Was this in Seattle? Uh yes it was. It was at Avast in Greenwood. Nice. Um yeah. There you know, we we uh we we did a lot of studio shopping and um you know, we uh, we knew that Avast was great. There are so, so many wonderful studios in Seattle, you know, that mm-hmm. it made it made that process really difficult um but um when we were in high school um cape the uh can kx back then kplu had the school mm-hmm. of jazz thing where they would take local high school jazz bands and pay for a day in a record or a few hours in a recording studio with uh, a guest artist and i think that was co-presented by earshot um nice so so we had the school of jazz thing and i remember recording at a vast 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a fantastic experience. Nice. Well, you mentioned something earlier that I'm really curious about, uh, studio shopping. How exactly did you go about doing that? Did you get to, did you visit them in person or are you just looking at a bunch of websites and evaluating which one you think will fit whatever you're trying to do? How did you go about that? There, there are a lot of phone calls with Max. Yeah. Because <laughs> Max, I think, has been in almost every studio in Seattle. He's, not, maybe not everyone, but I said a lot of them. So many of them. He's been in many. Um, you know, and, and so 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 um listening to um, you know, and then I also like got to hear, you know, from various Seattle artists, you know, which studios they liked. Um, I got some advice, you know, which was like find one that has a good piano. Sure. Right. That was like the big ones, like find one with a good piano. The good pianos are at like these four or five studios. Um, and mm-hmm. so then, and then, um, I did some research into those studios, like what they had produced, you know, what kind of stuff that they do primarily, um, sure. you know, and then, um, yeah. And then, uh, we decided on a vast. Well, and the other piece also was, I mean, we all wanted to record in the same room. Oh, th- right. <laughs> yes. And be able to see each other. Right. Right. We need all to be studios are not set up to have that situation. Yes. Right. So yeah, like some studios are set up where everybody's in a separate room and you can see exactly. each other through a window and it's isolated, but you want or to Or nowadays like a TV monitor. Right. I've been in situations like that. That sounds mm-hmm. awful. It's pretty weird. It was not bad. It worked out for what I was trying to do at the time. Okay. Well, it can work. I, I don't, I don't know how well that, that would work with us, Max. <laughs> I don't think that would work very well for this band. No, no. I mean, because the band always started out, you know, um, has always been kind of like a live performance band. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. it's it's not, you know, listen to a jazz set or listen to, you know, a, a, a song. Like when you're going, you're going to a show. Yeah, you it know? really is like an experience. Yeah, like, you know. Especially if you add in like tap dancing and stuff. Yeah. Like an Alex... Dugdale experience. Yeah, you say. know it. It. Uh, yeah, you know, a little, little, little bit of jazz, a little, little bit of funk. You know. <laughs> you know, at some point, you should probably just get Grant Newbauer to sit in the audience at one of these shows and just bring back the witty banter. Oh my god! Section of the yes. show. Yes. Well, so like we can do like it. Yeah, yeah. Or we can do like a two keyboard thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, or like, cool. like he and John like take turns, or like they, or like he's out there playing like horn synths. <laughs> that'd be that'd be cool yeah yeah well let's take a listen to another tune uh and this one showcases your tap dancing which i'm really really excited about and excited about the arrangement of this too yeah and it's called t42 which it took me all the way until (laughs) five minutes before starting this recording to realize that this was an arrangement of T42, the jazz standard. (laughs) We thought we were being so clever. (laughs) Oh, man. It's spelled spelled differently. So if you're looking at it, it looks like some sort of like really... Well, the hilarious thing is because I hadn't... Except for once. I guess I talked to Max about it a little bit, but for the most part, I just looked at it and never even tried to say it in my head so it's it's not like i was trying to communicate with anybody verbally about this until right before we hit record and i went whoa that's what it's uh, i even wrote down in my notes what does this title mean i was gonna all prepared to ask you what's the song all about 
And now I know. I figured it out right before we hit record. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's so, let's take a listen to T. Let's two. take a listen to T four two. I love that this was an entire conversation. The, the majority of this was a conversation between you and Max. And that's just what what a fun thing. I've seen you dance and trade with Max at the Beaver and at other other shows that you all have played. And it's always such a fun time watching and listening to two people with different percussive languages uh, have a conversation. It's It's really, really fun. Alex is like the absolute best drumming type tap dancer I've ever heard. I mean, you, you tap dance is like it's, it's an instrument more than I think I've ever heard anyone else do. 
Yeah. So it's I mean really awesome to play with him. Thanks, man. Um yeah. Um the the uh I I approach tap dancing kind of like I do, you know, all the other instruments. Like um but but uh you know de- I definitely think of my my feet as an instrument, you know, that more like I, I'm definitely taking the the tap side more than I am the the dance side. You know, I'm taking a yeah. lot more from from the from the musical vernacular than I am the dance vernacular. Um, mm. There are there are some there are fabulous tap dancers out there, and you know, d- digging into the the history of tap and the improvisational um, elements and the and the and the and the and the rhythmic elements and how all of that um, you know is very parallel to the history of jazz and jazz music. You know, for sure. <clears throat> Um, you know, because c- right around the time that jazz started to not be at the top of the popular charts, tap dancing started to become a little bit more rare, right? And then you know, and mm-hmm. and and by the time you know we're in the we're in the the sixties where rock and funk is more of you know the thing tap dance had like pretty much faded, you know. Um, so the, the the history of jazz and tap dancing is is very similar, and and um, you know while I I love and appreciate the 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 dance aspect of it when I'm when I'm dancing when I'm improvising I am definitely thinking like a, like a horn player, you know, mm. um, being able to do like all those like rhythmic things that you know I might not be able to do on my horn. Um, but you know, also there are a lot of melodies in there too, if you listen yeah. for them. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's some great melodies in there, you know, and then like, and then having the opportunity to play with incredible drummers, listen to incredible drummers and Max, especially like I've stolen a, a bunch of stuff from Max. <laughs> I've stolen <laughs> so much from Max. Well, there have been a few times or maybe more than a few times when we've sort of uh, stolen things from each other at the same time. It's <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. Also, actually, I feel like this is a good opportunity to kind of, uh, bring up maybe how this title came to be in a certain sense. Oh, in that it sort of sounds a little bit like something you'd hear in Star Wars. Whoa. Okay. Uh, wait. Wait. This is not where I thought you were going. This is where I'm, going. <laughs> I'm just, really I like curious now. Here. Well, you know, Mace Windu, T four two, like <laughs> I don't know. There, there are tons of other like weird Star Wars names that like sound sort of like. Something so like, this is where Max thinks it comes from, but the maybe port, not where like, Alex thinks where it comes oh, from. Oh, oh, hang on, hang on. No, there was one time, there was one night when Alex and I. So, so we we also play as a band. We play this Star Wars medley. Oh, and uh, and no and that's the kind of thing that we've done for yeah. It's it's, it's a multi part so Star Wars medley sweet thing. Got to bring it back. Yeah. Well, exactly. And um, well, I, I mean, you should probably tell the the story about the the little clinic we did at that one school. But oh, yeah. um, I think we were talking like, I think you came up with the name for this song, but we were talking about star Wars before that. And then I mean, somehow we're like, not talking about star Wars. star Wars. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think the connection between like star Wars names subconsciously somehow implanted itself in this song title. I'm not really sure how I just thought I would mention that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, no, no, I got, I got you, I got you, I got you. You know, like there are tons of. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, no, yeah, That's I mean, great. so yeah, possibly there's you know some Mace Mace Windu inspiration, but we, really we're we're trying to avoid avoid any copyright infringement. 
That's true. And since mm-hmm. and since the melody is only played eight bars at the end, all we had to do was change the name. Nice. Shh. I mean, well, I mean, we're going to This is something that I'm really curious about because well, I want you to bleep uh, out as much of that as you can. <laughs> Make it sound like I'm well, cussing, you know. <laughs> I do I really like the arrangement that it's percussion almost all the way through and then the band comes in at the end it's a very unusual arrangement and i really like it but i've also heard you and max play the standard t42 in a different arrangement where it's the melody is stated and then there's some percussion and then melody is stated and then there's a bunch of percussion and this is the thing that i've heard you play at the beaver multiple times yeah but this is not that and did was it birthed from that? Are they? Oh yeah, yeah. It was related. Oh yeah, they absolutely birthed. Um, and um, kind of out of um, you know lo- low key necessity for more tap songs. Um, because mm. you know, because I I mean like I can tap dance anything, but we only had arrangements for um, Tapper's Delight, another uh, original of mine, and then we had a little thing for Janine. Um, and then, mm-hmm. and then, you know, I could, I could just, you know, call tunes whenever, but, um, you know, in terms of songs that I had to like dance from, you know, that it, we were, we were pretty limited and, um, you know, the way we'd play T for two before, you know, I'd play usually clarinet, um, you know, mm-hmm. and I would play, um, the, you know, we, we, Max and I would just trade phrases. Right. And that's the arrangement I'm familiar with. Right. And so one time I was like, I, we need another tap tune. Oh, why don't I just tap dance instead of play clarinet? You know? Nice. Yeah. If you listen to it, you'll, you'll hear that, that hidden melody there. Huh? <clears throat> well, well, that's cool. We just listen to it. We got it. <laughs> well, I mean, if, yeah. if if you were listening closely, exactly. Mm. Well, maybe our listeners will be rewinding right about now and going back to check that out. There you go. So, balance between being a dancer and a multi instrumentalist. Do you? Is that? I guess we talked a little bit earlier about balancing between the different instruments you played, and I suppose tap dancing is also an instrument in and of itself in a certain way. Is there? a special different kind of thing that you have to do to balance between tap and, and playing horns? Or do you think of it as just another horn? I think of it as just another horn. Um, mm-hmm. At least when I'm like improvising, um, you know, I did, uh, I did two lessons a week for, you know, tw- the better part of 12 years and, and continued to, to dance through college, you know, and when I was, you know, st- still practicing. So, you know, for, um, you know, 15, 16 years, um, I practiced, you know, um, hours a week. And, uh, um, but then after, after college, I, uh, there, there just weren't as many opportunities. Right. Sure. Um, and I'm so fortunate that, um, you know, I had as much time as I did in the beginning of my life and, you know, learning how to express rhythms and phrasing while learning jazz and making sense of all the things I hear in my head, right? Because that, that's the easiest thing is that uh, is tap dancing for me because I hear rhythms. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I so some, every once every once in a while I'll hear a melody, you know, but I, I won't hear that unless I'm sitting down at a piano or have an instrument in my hands. Hmm. Right. I hear I hear rhythms. I hear beats. And sometimes those will lend themselves to a melody. Right. Um, 
and but but I'm always hearing rhythms, and so when I'm taking you know my my tap solo or, or trading with Max, you know, uh, it's just it it is the easiest thing I can you know to 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 do. Um, I don't I don't have to you know work very hard to like think of cool stuff. It's so natural, and um, you know there are certain physical aspects of it, you know, because it is still a dance, you know, that I that I that I need to do to keep up in order to you know, express myself in that way. Um, just like we, you know, as, as instrumentalists, you know, we, we practice every day, you know, and, and all these things. Um, the, the difference for me is that the, the tap dancing, the, those sounds are, are just still are always in my head. And so sure. I can, I can just bring them out whenever I need. And yeah. That's really interesting to hear. Cause that's, uh, as a drummer, whenever I'm soloing, I actually am always hearing melodies. Mm. Whoa! Wow! <laughs> Swaggy, indeed. We've said that word a few times. You need to tell people where it came from. <laughs> we haven't said it that much, but well, just a couple times. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't think that's—I don't think that's a word that enters most people's uh, regular vocab circulation. Yeah, it, I mean, for us, it's just all Star Wars and swag. Pretty much, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> okay. So speaking of Star Wars and swag, speaking of Star Wars and swag, a few years back when I worked at, uh, for Bishop Blanche at high school, um, my, my job was to go around to the Catholic K-8s in the area and teach band twice a week. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the year, I, I would do a presentation. And then I got in my head one year, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm demonstrating all these in, the different instruments. I'm playing all these songs. How much more cool would it be if I hired Seattle's favorite backing band to come with me on these, uh, to do these little demos? Um, nice. Well, I didn't think Seattle's favorite backing band. I was like, oh, yeah, what if I got my buddies and we did this thing? <laughs> um, and so um, we were at, we were at uh, I believe it was St. Luke's up in Shoreline. And um, I think we had, we had just finished playing our last song of the demo, which was our Star Wars medley, because I was like, oh, yeah, and if you're really good, you can, you know, if you do clarinet for a year, then you can do saxophone, you know, and then I kick it off, and then it's, it's ridiculous. It's... it's um, but like this one kid stood up and they was like, wow, that was so swaggy. And, and, the, and the, <laughs> we, we had like never heard this word before. We we're like, what? We kind of looked at each other, right? Yeah. We're just like, what? <laughs> like, what does that mean? It's like, it's, it's probably like, you know, the, the, like the, the first time a person heard, yo, that's tight. They're like, what? <laughs> what is that? What yeah, is, like or, first, or, or the first time like, that, that I got called a, a BIPOC, <laughs> like What? Nobody told me what the, that I'm that. What is this word? I have no idea what you're talking about, right? So we, we had no idea what this kid was talking about. And, and I think we somehow determined, uh, maybe through Wikipedia, although you can't really trust that place, um, <laughs> that, that swag or something was swaggy. It was cool, like swagger. But then swag meant like free merchandise that you would get at like, you know, your conventions. And so like, okay, so like it's free, cool stuff. Okay. Um, and then I wrote a waltz and I was like, you know, this is a pretty, this is a pretty cool waltz. It's a, uh, it's kind of a swaggy waltz. And then we call it swaltz. Huh. 
That's also. Oh wait, no, that's not on the record, is it? No, but I am writing a big band arrangement of it for a Seattle Repertory Jazz Orchestra. Ooh, that's exciting! Whoa! Please tell me that this entire story is gonna go in the program notes when it's performed. I'm just gonna have that replace my bio. Is just that story. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful, but that bio, uh, that story plus a Wikipedia link sounds like yes. it'll be yeah. A and I'm story. and I'm gonna insist that I that um that everybody addresses me as Alex Swag Star Star Wars Swaggy Swars Dugdale. Gosh. Wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing this record and thank you for sharing this music. Uh, I have a couple questions left. And one of them is how has quarantine in 2020 just been for you as as a performing musician? That's oh man. Where yeah. All of our gigs are gone. Yeah. Um I uh it, I've gotten to do a lot more recording. Um nice. I was I was never really a big fan of, of recording studios or recording things. It, it just, it just scared me. But, you know, now like I, I kept, I, I got called or, you know, since that's at the quarantine, you know, we, we can't really like all meet and play and jam, but I have been, people still need saxophone solos. Why? I don't know, but they, but, <laughs> but they still need them. And, and, and so they still call me. Um, so I've gotten to spend more time in recording studios and have gotten actually a lot more comfortable, uh, with the idea of recording and, um, cool. you know, uh, so, so that's been really great. I've done some live stream gigs and which kind of also feel like live recording sessions, which Definitely. is really what I wanted for the record <laughs> in the first place. But like that we had tried that and it's like, it didn't really work. Um, cause there wasn't like the, the right setting for it, you know, like combined with a space and miking and mm-hmm. sound, you know, like it, the, it just wasn't around, but now, but now that people are set up for that to, to record live music and still have fantastic audio quality, you know, right. with, you know, with, with live mixing and everything, you know, like, um, uh, I'd say the, the, the most recent one, well, besides the, the, uh, always Boxley's, but, um, we did the Bellevue jazz festival and, um, and oh, yeah. that, oh my gosh, the, <clears throat> the sound and, and the, the, the sound of that was just incredible. Um, and then, uh, we're, uh, we're about to do the Jackson street jazz walk. Uh, that is going to be aired sometime in February. I don't remember when, but, but we're pre-recording it, um, next weekend. So, um, that's exciting. So I've so I've been doing live streams, recording sessions, um, performing live. I oh god, I I miss it so much, you know. And mm, yes, I, do we all? Yeah. And I, I remember the first time I played with another person um, since the like since our initial lockdown was um, for Max's late grandfather with Max Colin Greg. Um, wow. And that it. it I, it was it was just one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had. Um, you know, it it was just it was just amazing. I felt so fulfilled and happy and and joyous being able to converse with my with some of my most favorite people in a language mm-hmm. that we all felt safe and comfortable in. We all knew, you know, it was it was just beautiful. That Definitely. was a good time. <clears throat> well, thank you for spending so much time with us and sharing your music and i'm so excited for this record to be out soon uh is 
there anywhere our listeners can follow what you're up to and get news on when this album is going to be coming out so that they can listen to the rest of it? Absolutely. They can follow Fade Jazz on Instagram. I believe it's fade.jazz on Instagram. Um, and there they will be able to um, find some updates soon because um, we're moving right along. We got, um, you know, we're we're getting ready for hopefully sometime in March. Um, but you should probably post something about that. I really should once I have maybe uh, some good album art or something. Hey, there we go. Or a nice little video of me practicing. Um, or if you guys want to say, you know, send me a little uh, picture of what you guys do in your podcast. We're like, hey guys, check this out. We will. It'll talk about my album coming out, and you can hear on Instagram that you should follow me on Instagram. Um, <laughs> but uh, also, yeah, Instagram. Go ahead. Oh, you can also like follow me on Facebook, I guess. Um, but uh, and, and um, Wikipedia, I guess, and and Wikipedia. <laughs> um, you can also you can also reach me at two zero six. I uh, you can also send letters to. Um, oh boy! Uh, okay. And um, feel and then if you have any um, comments or. Um, you know, further, uh, I, I suppose, complaints, you can text 206. <laughs> I hope that's Max's number. It, it was. Oh, God. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Okay. I am probably going to take the contact information out. <laughs> oh, no, 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 like leave it in, but just bleep it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. I'll leave the 206 and start bleeping it. Yeah. I should uh, also mention that we recorded a bunch of songs and only, I think, what, seven of them are actually on the album? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So, so there will be a bunch of the rest of them? singles coming out. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So, so, yeah. Keep an eye out for those, too. Yeah, keep an eye out for those singles. Like me. A lot. To look forward to. <laughs> Great. Well, yeah, thank you again for joining us. Uh, for all of you listeners, you've been listening to Jazz Talk Seattle. Uh, this is Alex Dugdale, our guest. Hey, My me. name is Josh. And I'm Max. Thank you so much, Alex, for being here with us tonight. Thank you for having me on, guys. I really had a swagalicious time. <laughs> Wonderful. If you like what you're listening to and want to listen to more, uh, you can follow Jazz Talk Seattle on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your regular podcasts. You can find us on Facebook. And that's all. We'll see you next month.